Hello everyone and welcome back to Hope Reclaimed. I am Ellie Hope Collins and I am so glad that you're here. It's on this podcast that we talk about active and practical ways that we can step into healing because Jesus has already extended everything to us and sometimes he's inviting us to receive that healing for ourselves. Today on the podcast, we have our guest host again, Austin Collins. Austin is my husband. I am remarried after divorce and Austin has this message on his heart called Lessons in the Corner. These are the lessons that God taught him while he was going through his divorce. And this is the second episode in our series. They build on each other. These episodes will build on each other. But if you haven't listened to that first one, that's totally fine. You're going to get a lot out of this one. But be sure that you listen to the first episode as well. So we're going to dive into this episode and be encouraged You may feel right now like you are in a corner, but in this episode, we're going to talk about how God is with us in the corner. Enjoy. Have you ever tried to tell someone about your day and they're just in a totally another world and they're they're just kind of off doing their own thing and you're trying to tell them about your day and they're just totally somewhere else Um, and it's, it's kind of frustrating. It's like, God, like... I'm trying to tell you about my day and you're not here. You're like in your own space. And, or have you ever tried to like process something with someone while they're like secretly doing something else like texting or looking in, looking on Facebook or checking Instagram or maybe watching TV. They're not like fully there with you and you're trying to process and feel like, ah, like you're not, you're not here with me. Um, what's going on? Um, I want to tell you about this thing, but you're, you're here. I've noticed this weird phenomenon uh, that I've seen quite frequently in the past few years of my life where you can sit beside someone and not really be with them. You can like sit in the same room as someone. You could sit on a bench in a park with someone and not really be there with them, not really be present. Or you could you could look at someone and not really see them. I could come home from work and my, my wife could look at me, but it doesn't mean that she's seeing me and all the things that happened today and how I'm feeling and I'm like in this place. You know, she could look at me and be in her own world. That's like such an interesting observation. And that's actually something that I want to talk about today um, leading into this second episode of Lessons in the Corner. Um, last time I talked about my story, I shared what the corner was for me. So the corner was this place that is dark, that is unexpected, that feels hopeless. Um, you feel super lonely and depressing. Um, and I, I got there through finding out, I sort of shared the story about how I met my ex uh, wife, how, uh, we, we kind of grew apart in this season And then I find out she ended up leaving my apartment. I ended up being by myself for a really long time. And it was super lonely, really hard. Like, what's going on? Like, come back. And I ended up finding out one night from a friend who texted me, hey, there's something I need to talk to you about. Comes to me at 3 in the morning or 3.30 and is like, hey, shows me a picture of my my wife with somebody else, Um, which was just so heartbreaking. That that was the corner for me. And so this series is about being in that place, 
that was the corner for me. Everyone has a different corner and we all go through it. We all end up sitting in the corner in life at some time or another. That was the corner for me. Um, and so this series really is just me sharing about what the Lord shared with me or what the Lord did for me, how he acted towards me, what he said to me when I was in that place of the corner, which is just super hard um, and heavy. Um, so so there I am, just kind of continuing on with the story. There I am. I'm, I just found out all this news, which I was sort of anticipating. But, you know, you're anticipating something and you're kind of hoping secretly that it's not going to be true, but you're pretty sure it's true. To find out that it's true is just a whole another level of grieving and processing. So I wake up the next morning and I'm like, this is my story. If you remember, my, my parents actually had happened to visit that um, that night, that day. And so they ended up leaving the next morning and it was super hard for them um, super hard for me. Um, I'm like, man, I'm going to go home and this is, this is my life now. This is, this is me. This is what I do. I go to work. I, I, I was a CNA. I was a nursing assistant, cared for the elderly in a nursing home, go to work. Then I would, as soon as I'd open the doors off of, uh, getting off of my shift, reality would just bam, hit me. Um, oh, oh, that's right this is actually my life. I'm going to go home to an empty apartment, not know where my wife is, and be in this place that is just so lonely and so depressing and hopeless. Like, I'm like, where, what, what's going on right now? Is this really my story? How did I get here? Um, all the feelings, anger at what uh, she's doing, uh, also desire for her to come back, all these mixed things so much anxiety. I had so much anxiety in that, at that time, there were times I would, I would just, I would just have a super hard time sleeping. You know, I would go to bed, um, super late and I would wake up three thirty, four in the morning, like shaking in anxiety, unable to sleep. And then having to pray like, like, God, I need you to encourage me or give me a hope or give me a sign that my wife is going to get back or, or something so that I can just get through today. A few months into that, so now we're already, what, we're probably five or six months into this process, into the corner, um, five or six months in. And... One day, I, I attended a small church in Moorhead, um, and I, I happened to play. I did several things there. I was kind of a half-maintenance guy. I fixed up some of their, the church um, in areas where they needed it, um, did repairs. And then also, I was the drummer, so I, I played the drums um, during worship. And so one day in August, so this is August of 2015, this is only um, not terribly long after I found out, it's probably only a month or two, after I found out about my wife's affair at the time. And um, it's Sunday. I, I'm going to church. And again, I'm like praying all the same things like, God, like help give me something to get through the day. I didn't feel, I felt so lonely. I'm like, God, give me a sign. Show me that she's going to come back. And I'm like fighting for the right thing. Or like, I can't go without hope. And I had all these questions like, God, I need direction. I need, I need clarity. I need peace. I don't have any peace right now. And so I'm going to church and I happened to have 
that Sunday off from the drums, which never happened. I always played the drums every Sunday without fail. And this Sunday, I happened to have the drums off, which is kind of a relief because I was just, you know, I was in it. Didn't have a lot of capacity for things. And I was, at that time, in the month of August of 2015, August, September, October, um, were the most depressing months of my entire life. I was so depressed um, and lonely. I, I never really looked straight ahead. I was always looking down. If people who would say hi to me, I had a hard time picking up my head and looking them in the eyes. And I remember vividly just walking into the church with my head down, just grieving and hopeless. And like, what do I do here? And so I walk into the church, my head down, I have the Sunday off from the drums, so I get to sit in the pew and just be passive and receive, which was awesome. And uh, yeah, that was great. So we, we do praise and worship at this church. I'm just kind of kind of there, you know. I'm not really present worshiping. I'm just like in my situation. I'm so in the situation. Praise and worship ends, and at that time, this church uh, like greeted each other, said hi, how, how are we doing? Um, I didn't do that. I, I, I uh, just basically sat down in my seat. I think I shook hands with one or two people in my immediate vicinity. And in that time, this elderly woman, uh, shorter, really curly hair, came over to me from the other side of the church. And she came to me, and she went to shake my hand, and so I reach out to shake her hand. And when, as soon as she grabs my hand, she pulls me in super hard, and I didn't expect it, and so I actually fell into her. My head actually, like, fell into, like, her neck area, and I'm getting, like, hair to the face, and she's shorter than me, so I'm, like, falling into her. And she grabs me, and she says... I was praying, and the Lord wanted me to tell you that he sees you, and he understands, and he cares what you're going through. Stay strong. Have faith. He's coming through. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. We are here for you and stand with you. And I just, I lost it. I I wept just on her shoulder. Um for several minutes and throughout the rest of that day I was just crying because I didn't feel seen I felt unseen walking about my day no one really sees me in fact I don't even know if God sees me honestly I don't even think he sees me and she came with this word and and mind you this was not really taught at the church, like teaching about hearing God's voice and like uh, saying what he's saying to you. That wasn't really taught at all. People didn't do this. And yet at this time in August of 2015, this elderly woman in this super conservative church comes up to me and says, God spoke to me and I can't shake it. I don't know what to do, but I have to tell you what he said to me. He sees you. And he understands, and he cares, and he loves you. And I just, I couldn't even handle 
I couldn't even handle that. So the rest of my day was, was like spent being there and processing those words. God, you, do you see me here? And so that leads me into the topic for today. So, so the title of this um, episode is the first way that God loves the first way that God loves. And I just want to remind you of, of in the last episode, I shared with you uh, the prayer that this man um, prayed over me. And he said to me, and I'll just read, I'll just read it, uh, a portion of it. He said, I have a feeling or a sense that you've been backed into a corner. All God, all God wants you to know is to sit down in the corner. He wants to speak to you. He wants to sit down and he's going to talk to you. So from him talking to you, you can talk to everyone else. He says, what I can see, once you sit down, it's like Jesus comes and sits in front of you. He says, so as you sit down and rest, you'll find Jesus will come to you. And so, the first way that God loves someone who's in the corner, and even generally, big picture, at any time, the first way that God loves is by being present and reminding you and sharing with you that he sees you. The Lord never speaks or does anything or acts without doing that. He's not going to give you encouragement or direction or clarity or peace without doing that first, without entering into your space, being present with you, sitting with you, saying, I, I actually see you. I see what you're feeling. I know what you're going through. I'm actually in this with you. He'll always do that first before he says any kind of direction, any kind of comfort. And that in itself is a kind of comfort. But that's the first way that God loves. That's something that I experienced, you know, with this word, he says, Jesus is going to come. He's going to sit down beside you. That is the first thing the Lord did for me. He didn't tell me first, Austin, there's going to be hope. Or he didn't say, you know, things are going to be okay. Your wife's going to come back or not. You know, he didn't tell me the future. The first thing the Lord did for me in my time of being in the corner was came down to where I was in this empty apartment and sat with me and was present with me and then even sent someone to say I see you I do see you you feel like you feel like I don't you feel like I don't see you but I do I do see you and I'm actually with you it's the first it's the first way that God loves in in Isaiah 40 for example um, the people of Israel say this in verse 27 my way is hidden from the Lord and the justice due me escapes his notice. So my way is hidden from God. God doesn't see me. It's like the clouds are above me and he can't see through them. And he's not trying to. And so I remain here unseen. God doesn't see me. And in fact, the justice due me escapes his notice. This is unjust and there is no justice here and God doesn't notice it. That's how Israel is feeling. Forgotten as if there is no justice. And let me tell you God's response then, just a part of his response. 
One of the things he says is, lift up your eyes on high and see who created these stars, the one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them all by name because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one of them is missing. And so basically what he's saying is, is I made the heavens and the earth. I made everything. Every star is where it is because I say so. I've named them all. I'm leading them. All. I see everything. And so he's describing how big he is to actually describe that he's small too. I'm so big, Israel. Actually, I do see you. This was a message of comfort. It wasn't a message of teaching or telling people, the people of Israel, actually, I'm sovereign. It was a message of comfort. It was saying, Israel, I'm reminding you how big I am. I do see you. I have not forgotten you. I'm actually with you right now, even though it feels like I'm not. I do see you. So I've just noticed in my life, anytime the Lord gives me encouragement or like direction, tells me what to do, how to live my life. He'll never do that from a place that's like he's way up in heaven and he just like throws direction at me. He's not like in this other place where he, he can't empathize with me. You know, he, he's always at the same time sitting with me as he would direct, as, as, a, as when he would direct me. And I've just noticed that it's not, it's not as if it's like super obvious, you know, he, where he says, okay, I'm going to come, I'm going to be present. And then I'm going to do this. Or at the same time, I'll do this. But I've, I've noticed it's, it's not obvious. I've just noticed this characteristic about who God is when he speaks, he's at the same time entering into your situation and sitting beside you. And that is what the Lord did for me. It's the first way that he loves. He sits beside us and he's present. Hey guys, I'm interrupting this episode to let you know about the Healing from Divorce online course. This is a eight-week program that I have designed about launching you into Christ-centered healing after divorce or a bad breakup. This course is meant for those people that are willing and wanting to take this extra step towards healing and restoration in their life after the devastation of divorce. Each week of the course, you will reclaim a different area of your life, mental health, identity, sexuality, and this is all Christ-centered and biblically based. So if you're interested in taking part in the Healing from Divorce online course, head over to my website, hopereclaimedministries.com, or you can click on the link in my show notes and receive the first week of the course absolutely free. Yes, the first week free. You can see the videos and see if this is something that resonates with you and then purchase the course as well. So head over to my website, hopereclaimedministries.com and receive the first week absolutely free. When I was a CNA, um, a nursing assistant, I trained a lot of CNAs. I was in it for a while. I was a CNA for eight years. Um, and so I trained a lot of CNAs. And one day... Um, you know, we work with a lot of families um, where they lose their, you know, their grandma, their mother, their, their grandfather. Um, and one day, one of our residents passed away and the family was there. And um, one of my CNAs was uncomfortable being around the family because she didn't know what to say. These people are grieving and she's like, oh, like what do I say? And so she asked me. She said, like, Austin, like, what do I say if I, if 
like when I go into this room and these family are, there's this, you know, this person just passed away here. Here's the family. Do I just say, I'm sorry for your loss? Or like, what do I say there? Like, what do I do there? And I recommended, my, my response was, you don't have to say anything. Don't feel obligated to say anything. Just be present with them. Don't, don't be outside of their situation. Enter into their situation and just be with them. Just be present. Whenever you enter the room because you have to do your job, just be, be there. You don't have to feel obligated to say something. If you're totally outside the situation and you say, I'm sorry for your loss, it can come across sometimes as cold, as like not empathetic. Even if you mean it, you know, you're just like outside it. They're like, you don't even know what we're grieving. You don't know what we're going through. Um, be present with them. Um, like, if there's anything I could do, I'm, I, I want to be here with you and just know that whatever you need, I'll, I'll, I'll help you with. And so I've, I've just seen the testimony. I've just seen how this, this, uh, this truth of how the Lord was with me has impacted so many people. So for the past two years, honestly, without exaggeration, if I were to describe to you the number one way that I've, my life, you know, under 30 years of life has impacted the world and impacted people. I would say this is the number one way that I have impacted people. For the past two and a half years, I have met with guys who have gone through divorce, who have experienced infidelity, who have gone through different things, and they're in the corner, right? They're going through it. People who have lost their family, people who have lost their children, people who have lost their wives, people who have experienced all different kinds of terrible, terrible situations, and they're in it, right? In my job there, in my mind, my number one goal when I meet them is just to be there with them. I, I don't, I'm not trying to tell them anything encouraging. I'm not trying to say there's hope. The first thing on my mind, because of how impactful it was for me, the Lord sat with me and he was there and he got it. He understood. Because of how impactful that was for me, that has been my goal. And so I'll meet with someone and I'll just hear their story and sit with them and enter into the place where they are. Just like I said, you know, kind of at the beginning, you could see someone or you could look at someone and not really see them. You, you, could, you could hear someone and not really hear them. You could sit beside someone and not really be with them, not really be present. So my goal in those times is like, wherever you are, I just want to sit beside you in it and know that, just know that I'm with you in this place and you're not by yourself. I just want to enter in and experience the hurt that you have. And I'm not even going to say anything. Just I just want to be where you are and know that you're not by yourself. So there have been times where I've sat with people for six, seven hours. Just being there. Not obligated to say anything. Just being there. And then from that place of being present, that is the place where you can actually encourage someone. Because they see you get it. You're here with me. 
you're present with me. You understand what I'm going through. So then I can look them in the eyes after seven hours and say, I just want you to know it's going to be okay. It is. I know it doesn't feel like it, but things are going to be okay. There is hope for this situation or whatever it is, right? I cannot tell you how many people have come to me and said, Austin, that was, that was the biggest thing that you did for me. It wasn't anything wise you said <laughs> or profound. It was the fact that you sat with me for weeks or for, or for this year. There's some people I've met with for a year and a half now. The fact that you sat with me, I, that was so much more valuable to me than hours of therapy or counsel or teaching. That is really what I needed. It was like the first time I felt seen. So many people right now do not feel seen in this situation, the pandemic going on, losses of all different kinds. So many people do not feel seen. And I've had people say, it's like, it's like the first time in this situation I've really felt seen and someone really understood and it was like, was with me here. And so I noticed this phenomenon of how we can look at people and not see them. And that's something that's missing. And that is the first way that God loves. He sits with us in the corner and he sees us. That's what he said to me. It, man, I, it was, it really hit home when I was just in it. And he's like, and the woman came up to me and I'm just like totally depressed and lonely. And she says, God wants you to know that he sees you. Oh man, if, if anything was impactful in that, in the corner, that was, that was definitely one of those things. Oh, you, you see me, you know what I'm going through. So impactful for me. So, um, to those who are in the corner, I want to remind you, I believe this podcast is even timely for you that God sees you and he sees what you've been feeling, what you've been dealing with, what you've been struggling through. He sees you and he's with you. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. I was there. I was like, man, it doesn't, God, I feel like you are way off. You have spun the world and you left it. That's how it feels right now. So to those who are in the corner, he sees you. He has not forgotten you. He has not forgotten you. He actually sees you. And he's, he's even sending me right now to remind you he sees you. He hasn't forgotten you. He's actually, in fact, he's actually for you and he's present. And even right now, he actually is working things together for your good. To those who know someone who's in the corner, I would, I would bring you to a good story is the story of Job. Um, so in, in Job, um, the Lord is describing how that he's just a righteous man. And, and one day, um, it says, it says, while his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their older brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, 
The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them, and the Sabians attacked and took them. They also slew the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came to Job and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and servants and consumed them. them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While that person was still speaking, another one came to Job and says, The Chaldeans formed their bands and made a raid on the camels and took them and slew the servants with the edge of the sword. I alone have escaped to tell you. Another one came. Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their older brother's house. And behold, a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the people, and they died. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And it says, Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell to the ground. Within a few hours, he also ended up losing, or days, I think it's days he ended up losing his health too and so this is the corner for job he lost everything and it says his friends heard about it and they they came to him they, they traveled and they came to him and it says at the very end of chapter two in job then they sat down on the ground with job for for seven days and nights with no one speaking a word to him, for they saw his pain was very great. Now, later on, Job's friends, I think, kind of go off the rail, and they end up debating with him and arguing with him theologically, and they, they, they aren't really present with him and with him. But here, they made the right decision. They were present with Job for over a week because they saw his pain was very great, and they were just in it with him. And so if you know someone who's going through it, I would just encourage you to be present with them, to choose to enter into the pain with them. And that's, that's actually really hard and heavy. And there have been times for me where I'm like, man, this is really a lot, but I cannot tell you how impactful it can, it will be for those people. I've seen it over and over and over again. When people feel seen, they feel cared for. And that is what the Lord did for me. Yeah, he's, he's so many times I'm just like struggling with sin or struggling with this. Sometimes he just like comes and sits beside me. I see you. I'm with you. So the first way that God loves is by being present and with us. And that is so encouraging because right now in this season, wherever you are, good time or bad time, God is present. He's not far off. He's near. He's with us. And that is so encouraging. And you can even go about your day to day knowing, and you can be reminded in the word. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. If you, if you decided to serve the Lord, he is with you. He is present. He is on your side. He sees you. Even if you've missed it and you've gone off and you haven't been serving the Lord, God cares so much for, for us. He sees us. He says, I'm with you. So go about your day today. I'll just encourage you to, to live as if he's present with you because he is. And also just encourage you to be present with people. If you see a family member today, 
you know, make sure to like be with them where they are. If you see a friend or a coworker, you know, like enter in. Man, when people feel seen, it's just it's just a new level of love. And I would say that's one of the first things that we should be doing if we want to care for people. So with that, we'll wrap it up. I'll just say to each of you, stay encouraged, keep going, and I'll see you guys in the next one. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know that I did. I get so much out of Austin's teaching. His heart is so amazing. And I may be biased because he's my husband, but I just think that his heart for those people that are hurting, that are in the corner, that are feeling lost and broken, is just exactly how God sees us, that he sits with us in our pain. So if that's you, be encouraged. God is with you in your pain. He is sitting with you and he's not going to leave you there. He's not going to pressure you in the process. He's actually going to sit with you until you're ready to get up and start moving forward. Remember, there is healing and there is redemption in Jesus. And there's always hope. Hope is my middle name. We'll see you next week.